several things at the that happened at the beach led me that Wednesday night midweek to confront him and say, what's going on? Is there something going on with you too? And he said, yes. And that was all hell broke loose after that. Welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello, and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce. And we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another chapter checkup session. Today, we're speaking with Patty. Patty, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Obviously, we're going to be discussing your journey through separation and divorce, and you are officially divorced? It is. It was final on June 22nd. Okay. Wow. So that's super recent. Yeah. Within just over a month. Okay. Do you have children? I do. They're all adults, all out of the, out of the house, empty nest. Okay. And how long were you married? 33 years. Wow. That's a long one. Yeah. Okay. And right before the divorce was final, we would have celebrated 34 years. So, okay. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. So let's start all the way from the beginning. How did you meet? We met in college. Um, he used to annoy the stew out of me. He kind of went after me and I, you know, he was friendly enough. I enjoyed his company. Um, but he, he annoyed me until I finally poured beer on his head at a fraternity party just to get him to shut up. And after that, I backed him into a corner and kissed him. Who knows why I did that? It shut him up, and then 33 years later, I found out he was having an affair. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how long did you date? We dated for three years before we were married. Um, so I guess it was just over two years, two and a half years before we got engaged. That's um, just typical. Any weird signs, anything back then that you can even imagine that you red flag or something or just normal, you know? Only through hindsight. Okay. Um, I never thought about things. I mean, he was always a little bit um, 
emotionally removed, but he was in school. He was in professional school at the time. We married after his second year of that professional school, and he had two more years to go through. So he was studying a lot. He was focused on that, and I got it. You know, that was going to be our livelihood. I was okay with that, and I, you know, chalked it up to him studying and, you know, being um, focused on that, and I thought, well, I'll come later. Okay. Okay. Sacrifices for the the growth and the benefit of the family. I, it, there was a lot of sacrifices. Yes. But I, I knew that it would benefit us in the future with him studying and doing well. Um, and I just didn't realize that I, my needs were that important. Right. I thought I I'm okay. I can deal with this. It's no big deal. So then uh, you guys were married for a super long time and Mm-hmm. Within that marriage, closer to the end of the marriage, uh, we'll we'll discuss chapter one of um, the from devastated to divorced program. Is mm-hmm. uh, blissfully unaware or subconsciously aware? How do you feel you fit in mm-hmm. in that chapter? I think I was. It, it probably could be both. I was subconsciously aware that things were not right because I knew that I didn't always feel great. I had approached him on several different occasions in the past 10 years, at least, and said, I would like for us to seek counseling. I think it would help us communicate better. Because I knew there were things that bothered me, and I just couldn't communicate with him. Okay. And he, you know, I would tell him something, and he would not listen, not understand it. And not listen, I mean, not even respond, not so much not listen, just not respond or not acknowledge that there was a problem. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, um, there were some things, there were some things, there were some things, but I was also blissfully unaware because I didn't think he would ever do that. He was a great guy. I thought he is one of those that's just perfect. Just like my dad integrity, upstanding member of the community. Right. Dumb shit. I was so stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it, these are just things that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into how, how maybe you missed it or how he was able to hide it because they're very good at the, you know, yeah. they can be very good at that also. Yeah. So, um, he asked you for the separation? No. Okay. What happened is, um, I found out he was having an affair. He had met somebody in March of 2022 at a conference and um, that I didn't go to. I still don't know why I didn't go. Um, And he comes back and says she wants to be my running coach because she runs. She's lost like 150 pounds because she's a a runner. And I knew he liked to run. I'm like, okay, I don't want to run with you. Um, so go ahead. But they would run all the time. And these runs got longer and longer and longer. And some weird things started happening. And then July of 22, we went to the beach with his family. And several things at the that happened at the beach led me that Wednesday night, midweek, to confront him and say, what's going on? Is there something going on with you two? And he said, yes. And that was all hell broke loose after that. Right. And we came back from the beach the following day, kind of talked it out. 
you know, I said, is there any chance you want to try to work on this? Because I, I had, I was stunned. Right. You're still in shock. Even though I knew, you know, his confirmation of it was the big problem. I knew something was going on. Right. I suspected it, but right. um, I, his confirmation of it is, is what really did me in. Right. Um, and he said he didn't want to work on it. And I said, okay, I'll file for divorce next week. So I filed. Okay. And one of the reasons that that I did file for divorce is I knew I had to protect our assets. That was the only way that I could make sure he didn't start moving money and stuck around. Right. So right. well, I mean, that's very that was that was protecting myself. Exactly, yeah. and it's important to do that. Sometimes in that sort of pain and realization, devastation, you don't really think about the important. These are yeah. these are some sort of some people might call them, you know. Uh, ugly or materialistic things, but this is what you're going to live. This is how your future, this is going to, yeah. your future depends yeah. on these moments right now. And so. I was really kind of ruthless throughout all of this because I knew, you know, he was the major breadwinner. I worked right. off and on throughout our marriage and I hadn't worked the last few years. No really good reason that I hadn't. I just hadn't. Um, and I knew that if I didn't watch this out, that I was going to be in a world of hurt. Right. So just a little bit back, you confront him because you've noticed something's going on and he mm-hmm. admits it. And is he like, well, yeah, I, I was planning on telling you I was planning on ending this. You know, sometimes when husbands get caught, they're like, oh, it didn't mean anything. I'm sorry. Or I don't want to break up or whatever. But he was, yeah, it's happening. And I want to move. I want to move on. Um, he didn't plan on ending it. He wanted okay. to be with her. He was he was over me. He says. And, and it took him a while to get to this, to say this. He says, you know, I haven't been in love with you for a long time. I'm just not attracted to you anymore. Which we've... Story of, you know... Haven't we all heard that? It, of I mean, course. Well, you never told me that. It's a lame excuse. You never told me that. And he still didn't tell you. You brought this up. So what was... I'm, that's what I'm like trying to... What was his plan? I mean, he hadn't told you. He didn't tell you. You had to ask him. So... I I don't know that he had a plan. I did okay. find out, this was on a Wednesday night after we got in bed, I found out that the night before, remember we're at the beach with his family, right. he had pulled his sister aside and told her about what was going on. Mm. And she was livid. And the hoe bag, as I've called her, <laughs> um, actually Facebook friended my sister-in-law, which... Wow, that's she gross. thought everything was okay, right? Because my ex at the time was—he's just emotionally removed, emotionally detached. He doesn't get things. He just—he—he's emotionally um, stunted. Naive, stunted, okay. definitely. Right. And he didn't realize that her reaction was not approval; it was shock. And he took it as approval, so he told her, yeah, everything's good. Um, I had gone to, that was on a Tuesday night. I had gone to bed that night. I was tired. He stayed up with his sister, her husband, whatever. He comes to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning. I roll over, and he's texting somebody in bed. I know now it was her. Right. I got up, went to the bathroom, got back in bed, and phone was down. He'd rolled over, acted like he was sound asleep. Which, you know, leading up to that was not all that unusual, where he would just kind of ignore me. 
in bed. But the next day on the beach, he just completely ignored me, kept texting on his phone, you know, and I'd walk up to him and he'd put his phone down. He really didn't speak to me at all that day. And I, this is, this is nuts. This is, I've got to say something. Well, and it sounds to me, and maybe you maybe have already come to this conclusion from all this, that now that he had told somebody like a family member or whatever, that he now felt like this sort of freedom and permission to be more ugly towards you, to be more, you know, to, okay, I'm not, this isn't like a secret now. Well, and the the thing is, everybody that was with us, because it was our family, extended family, and another family that that we were with, um, everybody noticed his standoffishness towards me. So it wasn't me imagining it. Right. Um, Right. So I, you know, I'd had enough when I got in bed that night. And I just, I asked him and again, all hell broke loose after that. My, my world collapsed. Exactly. Do you believe, and have you discovered, did he ever cheat before or was this like, I do not believe that he did. Okay. I think this was a first. Right. Right. The first and only. Right. And is this woman, um, a lot younger than him? She's 10 years younger. Okay. Um, she was, a like an administrative position in a separate office that okay. he worked in. They okay. worked, the offices worked together sometimes, right. but she was in a helping assistant position in that office. Right. Okay. Um, and from what I understand, she had approached him when they, you know, they went out. And he right. was flattered by it. Of course. In fact, th- this just just makes me laugh, gets my goat. But um, I said, "What does she have that I? What? What's the draw?" Right. And he looked at me in all seriousness and says, "She's in awe of me." Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I I didn't laugh at the time, but. I think back on it now. At the time, I'm like, why did you ever think that I wasn't in awe of you? Right. I just didn't put up with his bullshit. Right. I just, I would call him on stuff. And he had changed. You know, there there are some things that I know that he had changed in the past few years. And I pointed them out to him. He had written me this big, long letter trying to explain what had happened in his mind. And I wrote him back. My therapist helped me, you know, put it down into a smaller package, a much more elegant package. Right. And um, I explained it to him. And then he, he had come over to the house for something one time. And he says, thanks for the letter. He said, and you're right. You know me well. Right. I'm like, yeah. Been married to you for a long time. I mean, 30 something. Exactly. And, you know, she might be in awe of him now, but, you know, that's the bloom of a beginning of a relationship. You you know, if that's what he's expecting, Mm -hmm. he's going to have to re re up every once in a while. I was in awe of him when we first started dating and we first got married. But, you know, we we were married. We were partners and I was committed. I was committed to this relationship. Absolutely, But life is not, you know, the TV shows and the movies. Marriage and relationships and love evolves. You know, love is, 
still love. It doesn't have to be like, oh, jumping your bones and and starry-eyed stares all the time. Love is taking care of somebody and being there and being their rock and being their support and like you have done all these years. So that's what he was looking for. He wanted, um, a friend told me that that he was in love with the idea of being in love. And that new that new infatuation is wonderful for all of us. I mean, I remember our first kiss and, you know, you do see, you see stars. It's wonderful. Right. And we didn't have that anymore, but there, I felt like there was something deeper and I was committed to this marriage. He was my life partner. Exactly. So, and so let's talk a little bit about the blindsided and devastated uh, you know, for me, the blindsided and devastated was being asked for the separation. For you, the blindsided and devastated is finding out that he's cheating on you and, you know, that. And he's done. He's done. Yeah. He wants to move on. Exactly. So how did you work through that? You know, how 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 was that for you? It's great that you right away were like, okay, divorce lawyers, let me make sure that I'm not going to be then financially destitute also. But how was that? you know, working through some of those emotions. Oh, that, you know, it makes it sound like I was strong. Let's go. No, no. We left the beach the day after we drove back. It was eight, nine hour drive. He had stayed up all night because he couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep, but I was texting my friends. We didn't really talk in the car. I was texting my friends one by one, telling them what's going on. Just because I knew, you know, I couldn't talk to them on the phone. I was, I was. Right. In shock still. I was in shock. Yes. And when we got home, you know, several of them came over, you know, cause they were in disbelief. Um, the next day, another one had come over and they're telling me what I needed to do. We had another friend who had gone through the same thing and okay. she happened to be an attorney. So I got in touch with her. I said, what do I do? She okay. said, call this person. Um, I want you to get in touch with this person. So I did. Another person, you know, I had to leave a message for her. Another person says, you need to go see your doctor. You need some medication. So I did. And they were able to get me in on a Friday afternoon, which is rare, almost unheard of. I think I went in at like two o'clock on a Friday afternoon. It's, it's so rare. Um, I, I, I was in shock. I mean, I, I, how did I handle it? I cried a lot. I had a friend text me. I mean, they, my friends did not leave me alone. They did not leave me by myself. I remember that Saturday morning, a friend texted me. She goes, did you get some sleep last night? I said, finally, I slept. She goes, let me know if you need anything. And about an hour later, I had to text her. I said, help. And she was at my door. Wow. Um, I had another friend who went to the lawyer meeting with me that Monday afternoon. Um, I just, I had friends with me who, who didn't leave me alone. I had a sister-in-law. She's married to my brother-in-law. Um, but she's a psychologist. She's, um, she works at a very large university, um, in their counseling center. She hooked me up with a friend of hers who's a counselor. So we did some telecounseling for, for a while because I could not leave the house. I didn't leave the house. I had friends bring me food. I had friends tell me I had to eat. I had friends tell me I needed to get in the shower. I had friends, you know, you need to go to bed now. I mean, I had one friend who tucked me in one night wow. um, because I just couldn't right. function. You know, 
you know, my, my sensible side, I knew what I needed to do as far as the attorney and protecting my assets, right? My emotional side. And that is one that because he had been so emotionally stunted for so long, right? Made me kind of ignore my own emotions for a long time because that was the way I coped. And here they were, they just came rushing out and I was trying to figure out how to feel them. And it was, I, I said over and over, I said, there are not enough big, bad words to describe the way I feel right now. I cannot express to you how agonizing this is. And it, it, it was horrid. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like, you know, I had, when I went through my, and I wasn't married nearly as long as you were. So I can, I, I know that every year, every year adds to the pain. Right. And I had never mm-hmm. experienced a death at that point because my, thankfully my parents had still been alive and, you know, distant people. Right. But not the feeling of someone so close. And that is exactly what I felt a death felt like. It felt absolutely just undescribable. So I, I, Definitely. Well, I have lost my both of my parents. Okay. Um, I've never lost anybody, you know, and I've lost good friends, but sure. you know, this was my husband. And I I have said, um, two of my friends that helped me are both widows. And I told them both, um, it would be easier for me had he died. And I feel kind of callous saying that because they had lost their husbands. Right. But one friend that I told that recently, she goes, you know, I agree. She goes, I have wonderful memories of my family, of my husband. Right. And I have wonderful memories, but to see them, you know, I go through Facebook and the memories pop up and there he is. Or I pick up my phone and memories show up on my, on my photo app. And I'm like, crap, there he is again. I can't get away from him after 33 years. And we took a lot of pictures. So yeah. And that actually, I don't have those happy memories. That makes a lot of sense because yes, you can look at, you can look back at that and, and, and rim and have a positive thought. It's hard to now know that after they left you, after they cheated on you, after they did all these things, you can't, there's a stain on every memory, which is really unfortunate, but it's there. So that is really unfortunate. And, And that's, that's absolutely what it is. It's, um, I'm, I'm gradually getting his, you know, the, the pictures that I have around the house, they've got either masking tape over them or stickers <laughs> over his right. face because we have three beautiful children. Of course. Um, we were at the beach and two days before I confronted him, our oldest, who she and her husband told us that she was expected. Oh my goodness. That same day. My other daughter was there and her boyfriend, fiance at the time, asked us for her hand in marriage. And then 48 hours later. You're getting divorced. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So our son was not there, um, you know, and telling the children. Um, when we when we left the beach, I said, you've got to tell your family. I'm going to tell them. So I made him before we left the beach. He had to tell them why we're leaving. He says, I've been fooling around with my running coach. I said, you have to tell the children. I'm not telling them. Right. Um, and that Friday night, my son calls me. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? 
talking a little bit. He says, where's dad? I said, you know what? Let me have dad call you. Why? What's going on? Because he wasn't even with you. He went, he already was over there with her. Yeah. I said, let, let me have, let, let me have dad call you. What? what? That's weird. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. So I texted him. I said, you got to call him now. Cause he just called. I said, let me know when you're done. And then my son calls me in tears. Wow. 23 years old in tears. I said, I will stay on the phone with you as long as you need me to. I had friends still here. We sat on the phone with him for two hours. Wow. While he and I talked, we cried. There was nothing we could do. But we couldn't tell his sisters yet because one was at work um, and one, I I can't remember why we couldn't tell the other, but we wanted to make sure we told the pregnant one when her husband was there. Exactly. For the support and all that. Yeah. Um, So she was told that Saturday afternoon. The other was told Saturday evening when she got home from work. They were all devastated. I spent time on the phone with all of them in tears we FaceTimed all of us together, and I, I reiterated to them that this is not what I want. I filed for divorce because that's what Dad wants and because I have to protect myself financially. Right. I think they understood that. Right. I hope they understood it. And they were, they were so angry with him. Right. And here we are over a year later, and my son still will not talk to him. Really? I was going to ask how the relationships are. My oldest daughter reached out because she has the baby now and she wanted the baby to have a relationship with her grandfather. He was a fabulous father when they were growing up. Right. Absolutely fabulous. I would sing his praises. I still sing his praises about that. And then of course the other one is getting married in November and she wants dad to pay for the wedding. So she has a relationship with him. Right. It's complicated because he was a fabulous father. They right, want, right, right, right. but I don't know if these things, if if they didn't have a baby and there weren't a wedding coming up, if right. they would have the relationship they have with him. My son does not have any of that, right? Um, so he doesn't feel the need, I think, to reach out to him. Right, and I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead, but it makes sense to ask the question: Is he with her still? Yes. They moved out of state. They had okay. to move out of state. He said, our city has become toxic. Because everybody knew you guys for 30-something years together. They knew us for a very long time. My friends would see them out. People, friends of my friends who knew who he was, would send pictures of him out and about town with her, which helped my case with my attorney. Okay. And I sent them all to her. And he's he's probably like, what the hell is going on? All these people taking pictures of me. Well, you don't do that when you're married and then flaunt her around town. Right. So, but he did it. Right. And he had no idea of the ripple effect that his affair and our breakup would have. Wow. None whatsoever. So I'm just going to move over to the next um, chapter, which is Better, Stronger, Loved You. I know you mentioned that in the marriage, he was a little emotionally stunted. You kind of matched mm-hmm. his energy so that the, you know, the marriage can mm-hmm. 
continue to move forward without too much stress and drama. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you had um, low self-esteem or do you feel like you had good self-worth during that time? Um, I didn't realize at the time that it was low. Okay. I knew that I didn't feel like he brought the best out of myself. Okay. You know, because, you know, you feel like, oh, this man brings out the best in me. He didn't. And I knew that. But again, I was committed to our marriage. Right. And I did love him. Right. Um, I am better now. I. Part of it is, is in this breakup, my friends and people who at the time I wasn't really close to. I'm out and about more. I stayed busy last summer when it first happened because I needed to. I needed right. to stay busy and I needed to get out and be with people who cared about me. So right. I've made new friend groups and I've become close with them. And people have told me, you have always been so great. You've always been, um, you know, we've always seen you as very strong and whatever. And they, they say, you've been so strong through this. Right. And of course they didn't think that he would do anything like that either. I mean, everybody was shocked. Right. Um, but I do feel like I am stronger. My, my self-worth is better. How I'm doing things around the house. I got the house and the divorce. I mean, I fixed a shower. My shower was leaking and I couldn't figure out what it was. And he always did all that stuff around the house. He was quite a handyman and I appreciated it. Sure. So I figured it out. I replaced a cartridge in my shower. YouTube is a beautiful thing. So, right. you know, right. I'm, I'm figuring things out for myself. So right. I'm, I, I, you know, I just, I feel better about what I can do. I have a lot more confidence in myself, right. which is good. And I'm going to assume that absolutely it's great. And I'm going to assume that in the, that part of the fear, not, not along with everything else is that you, um, were with him for all this time. And then the thought is what, na- what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? How am I going to take care of myself aside from the financial that you got it figured out, but there was so much mm-hmm. that you were as partners and that mm-hmm. also the world tells you, you have a mate, you know, it's, you know, he, you have that man, that support of a man on the side that you start thinking, Holy crap, what am I going to do by myself? Yeah. Little old me, how am I going to, you know, and that's where, you work on the self-worth. Well, and part of it is I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know? You know, I'd be like, well, you know, I've got the whole day. What am I going to do? Hmm? What do you want to do? I'm like, I don't. Well, even now, sometimes. Right, but before yeah. your day was filled with let me keep the house clean, let me, when he comes home, there'll be dinner, you know, those sort of things. Is that, that's kind of how you kept your. I, well, you know, essentially, um, but we always kind of did what he wanted to do. He was a really picky eater. So when we would go out to eat, it had to be a place where I knew he could find something to eat. And I, I'll eat anything, but it, I always bowed to him. Right. You know, we would do what he wanted to do. When we went on our honeymoon, we went where he wanted to go because, and, and that was fine. We, I always had fun. He always right. made things fun. Right. I never, we, we never went on a vacation that was a bad time. 
Right. You know, we never went away. That was a bad time. We never did anything together that to me was a bad time. It just might not have been my choice, my first choice. Right. So I always defer. Right. To so him. I think what you're discovering. And that's on me. That's on me. Well, sure. But that this is you being a part of a partnership. Like I don't mm-hmm. have a specific thing I really want. So why rock the boat? You know, if I'm going to have exactly fun it. in either place. So that's fine. But what you're realizing is that you weren't, you were not able to figure yourself out. Like who am exactly. I really besides his very supportive partner? And right. this is the thing that you, that you were needing to figure out now in this stage. Right. Right. And I was with some friends. We were out of town, went to visit them and he said, you know, Patty, I knew there was a lot of compromise in your relationship. He said, but until now, I had no idea how much you compromised. And you didn't either, did you? Until you started either. realizing. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty amazing. You know, and yeah. it doesn't even in, in a relationship, it doesn't even, I mean, let's just go. And I'm going to ask you this now, going back and looking at this, would you prefer to still have your marriage and be as compromising as you were because you weren't miserable. You just weren't being able to fully, you know, express all of you. Would you prefer to have um, the marriage and still be less of you? That's a great, that's a tough one. I know. And that is a tough question. I don't think I would. And I'm, you know, I, I told you I had approached him about counseling, going to counseling so we could learn how to communicate. And that's, that, that's one of the big things that really gets my goat. And that, our, our oldest daughter, she says, that mom, that's what pisses me off, is you had tried to get him to go to counseling to work on this. And he wouldn't. So, and had, had we gone to counseling, there's no guarantee that we wouldn't have ended up divorced anyway. Right. Right. What I would like is for it not to have happened the way it did. Exactly. Because it really ruined his reputation in town because of the way he treated me. Right. Um, because of the way he handled the whole situation. Um, and, and that to me is sad because he did have a stellar reputation. His, his business was incredible and he, he did it to himself. He, he had no idea, again, the ripple effect. Yeah. And he, you know, he texted me on a year, a year after, you know, the day it happened, the anniversary of it. He says, I know today's a hard day. He said, I'm really sorry for the pain I caused you and for the consequences that transpired or ensued. I don't remember exactly. Right. It's because his world fell apart. Had he handled it differently? Right. It might have ended differently. Um, but no, I would not want to have that relationship again. I, I am a much better, happier, confident person. I am not hating Excellent. being here by myself. Excellent. I'm figuring Excellent. myself out. Absolutely. I think. It's a process, <laughs> but absolutely. It sounds definitely like you are. So um, just to touch on what he said, and it's not really about him specifically, but do you... Do you think that, do you think he still feels like she was worth what the blowing up his whole life over? I sometimes wonder in that situation that then there, there's going to be resentment there. Once the, the bloom is gone, the resentment is going to be there in that relationship because, because of you, I lost all of this. 
And that's not going to be a relationship. I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't Um, happened yet. Hasn't happened yet as far as you know. Let me tell you, his, you know, despite the the reputation or the the relationship with his kids, Mm -hmm. he didn't speak with his brother and his sister and their spouses and their children for a very long time. His father would not speak to him. His mother and father would not speak to him either for a very long time. His father was put in hospice. I can't remember exactly when it was. I don't, maybe before Christmas, maybe right after Christmas. And his father passed away in April. Oh, wow. So we went to the funeral. That was the first time we had all been together since we'd been to the beach. Wow. Did he bring her? No. No, I got to give him that. I mean, because my sister-in-law told him, she goes, in no uncertain terms, is that woman welcome anywhere near our house? She is not part of our family. Right. I think he realized what he had given up. Right. Because it was not a warm welcome. He was essentially by himself. Right. I mean, he, you know, she even told him, she goes, there's no room for you at the house. You'll have to stay in a hotel. And he did. I mean, it sounds like karma came really fast for him. Uh, yeah, in, in that, in that, in it that did. regard, at least. In that, in that regard, it did. Yeah. 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 So, and his dad is, was his one ally in the family, and now he's gone. Oof. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, there are stories that I've heard of where they welcome this new person into, you know, oh, yeah. well, it's my brother. So, you know, I, I don't want to lose the relationship with my brother. So, you know, so I'm glad that these, that your in-laws all respected the marriage, respected you and your family enough to be like, you're my brother, but what you did was absolutely wrong. And I, not cool. I cannot tell you how blessed I am. And I, that is so overused. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I am one lucky girl to have my friends, his family, my family, who have supported me so wholeheartedly and really let him know in no uncertain terms that you screwed up. Right. And he did not think that would happen. He said, this is between you and me. It won't affect anybody else. He didn't think it would affect our children. Don't ask. Right. Um, he didn't think it would affect his family, my family. Not after having been married so long. Is that going to happen? They, You're their family. The he, yeah, and not the way he did it. Well, my brother-in-law, when, he, when, when my husband and I started dating, my brother-in-law was 12. He'll be 50 next month. So wow. it's, it's been a long time. Right. Um, he really, he said, well, you know, I just question if they really were my friends to begin with, if they're treating me like this. And my sister-in-law, who's the psychologist, used the analogy that if you see someone kick a dog, you know, if, we, if your best friend kicks a dog, what does that make you think about your best friend? Right. You know, it makes you question everything you knew about that person. Exactly. So it does affect them. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that got to him. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
These people are good people. And they realized you're not being a very good person and I don't want to be around that. I think that shows that the friends were, uh, had uh, moral fiber, you know, and had character and didn't approve of his lack of character. Right. And well, and this is a man I would have, his integrity was above reproach. I I have compared him to my father, whose integrity I always thought was above reproach. And I, that is one reason that I was so sorely shocked, shocked, blindsided, demoralized almost. I don't know, just, it was, again, not enough big bad words. Exactly. To describe it. Let's talk about chapter four, which is, it's over, now what? And I know right in the beginning you were doing divorce stuff, and you're, but you had not gotten to the stage where you recognized, even though this isn't what I wanted, it is going to happen. It sucks, but I'm prepared for it. And I'm going to move to the now what's part. You were kind of already dealing with the divorce and assets and stuff like that. But what other now what's were you starting to think about at that point? Like, you know, usually that's like getting um, stuff together, but what, what, what would that be for you? Well, for me, it's, it was, it was getting a job, you know, cause I haven't worked. I mean, I have a, a master's degree in education. I have, I'm a certified pharmacy tech. I have worked in different things. I've taught it, taught at the local, um, uh, community college in the pharmacy tech program because I have a master's in education and I'm certified. I was able to do that. Um, but then my position was phased out, so I didn't work anymore. So I've kind of bounced around doing a lot of things. I was a stay-at-home mom for a, right. for a long time. And I could go back to work teaching school, but I have a new granddaughter. And I want to be able to – and she lives about five, six hours away. So I want to be able to go as needed to see her. I want to be able to help my other daughter who lives um, further away you know, as she plans her wedding and they go see my son, they're all spread out all across the country. Um, unfortunately. Um, so I, I have trouble committing and I, I have support, so I don't have to work full time, but I did find a job last October. It was a part-time job. I had one of my friends tell me just a couple of weeks ago, she goes, I thought you were crazy going back to work. I said, it was too soon. I was just working two days a week. Now I'm working four days a week. That's full time because it's a professional office that's only open four days a week. Okay. Absolutely love my job. Yeah. Love it. And I have the freedom to go see my granddaughter when needed, right. to go see my kids when I needed, need to. Yeah. Um, so getting back into the workforce and just feeling good about myself. Right. Getting out there. Yes. Um, I still... You know, I have groups. I go play trivia with my friends. I go play pickleball with my friends. Um, I had a girls' night out last night. I try to stay busy. Right. I'm not ready to date yet. Um, you know, that, that'll come in time, maybe. Like, you know, maybe I'll just meet somebody. I don't know. I'm not looking right. for anybody. Right. Um, I'm still in our marital home, and I will be until I know what my two daughters are going to do. Both of them have thought about moving back closer to my area. Okay. Um, and if that happens, I don't need this big old house to myself. Right. Um, and I may move closer to them if they're within the same state. Um, I may stay here if they move back to the same town. I don't know. Okay. 
Um, but you're but making I'm, plans and you're kind of, you know, you're, <coughs> you're living, you're not just existing. You're I, living, I you're, am living. I really, I want to do some traveling and I'm not opposed to traveling by myself. Um, I've never done it. Right. Sounds scary, but there are <laughs> tour companies where you Absolutely. can, you know, where you can do you're that. You're alone, but I'm, not alone. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm st- we're still trying to get the our investments and all divided. And when, once that's done for good and I have a, you know, all of that situated, then I can make plans for that. Of course, I've, we've got a wedding coming up in November as well. So right. I keep telling myself after the wedding, right. I can do that. So because okay. um, I'll, right. I'll need time off for that. But. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not holed up in bed crying still. I'm exactly. out moving. That's so important. And that sounds great. And you know, the job thing is a good thing because you might not financially need it so much, but it's the community, the seeing people, the having, uh, you know, something to wake up to do and, you know, just being out there, like you said, being out there, being a feeling productive, feeling valued, you know, because I'm doing something. It is, you know, I don't make a lot of money. I'm, I'm working the front desk. Right. It's not something I'd ever done before, but I love it. I love the people that I work with. I look forward to going to work every day. Um, I can come home and let the dog out at lunch. Um, It's been a a very good thing for me. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to talk about the last chapter, chapter five, Divorced and Beyond. You just recently divorced, Mm -hmm. officially divorced. Officially, yes. And then... What do you feel the beyond is going to look like for you? What would you hope that the beyond looks like for you? What are you going to manifest so that the beyond looks how you would like it to look? That's a good question. I'm I'm still trying to see beyond what I see now. Right. Um, okay. it, it's hard to imagine your future so being so different than what you had imagined it being for 33 years. Exactly. Um, Again, I may, I may be up and moving um, to a different city. I would, I kind of hate to leave here. I've got wonderful friends here. Right. Um, This is home, but I want to be with my family. I want to be with my children. I have no family in town. Right. Um, And that's hard. I, you know, if another relationship comes around, that's great. I don't necessarily have to get married again. Right. Um, but, but it's I something that you... I'm not a solitary not a, being. I'd like right. to be with somebody. Exactly. It's, it's not a high priority for right. me right But you're now. not opposed to it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because there are right. some women that are like, I will never marry again. I will never get into a relationship again. You don't feel that way. You're not... Uh, you don't need it to complete you, but you are open and... Um, Yes. And if it happens, you're, you're perfect. It would have to be the right person. I, exactly. I think I am going to be much more capable of speaking up for myself and not deferring to his preferences right. like I did for so many years. Right. And I think I'm that's just, kind of the difference there is that now that you know what you did, how you lived, how you allowed yourself to be suppressed, what you like now, what your value is now, that you are going to be super picky. And I think that's perfectly fine. You know, you're Mm -hmm. going to see things, you're going to pay attention and you're going to be like, wait, do we align? And if we don't align, it's okay. I'm happy by myself. So I'm not going to be like, well, we don't exactly align, but what if nothing else comes along? No, I'm, I'm enough. 
So if mm-hmm. they're not what exactly I need, I, I'm okay to say, no, thank you. Nice knowing you. Move yes. And, and my mantra has been, I am enough. Excellent. For a long, long time since this, since this started, it was my screensaver on my phone until I had a, a little baby granddaughter to change it to. So, <laughs> right. um, but, it, but I have to remind myself, I have to see that, that I am enough Absolutely. to convince myself that, that that's true. Cause true. I had, I had forgotten it. I had not been reassured of that for so right. long. I, I came out of a marriage where I just was not enough for him. Right. Um, right. And that's him, oh. you know, that's the, that's, that's the thing I tell people is that is a him problem, him. not a you problem. You not yeah. being enough is a him problem because you are, he just didn't know how to value what you offered. And that's mm-hmm. a total him situation. Right. right. This, this is all on him. I, yeah. you know, I am complicit in the failure of our marriage in that there are things that I could have done differently. There are things I could have said, um, but I tried and I was exactly. open to that. He never opened right. himself up to that and gave it a chance. And yeah, that's and what nobody's I told him at first. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you didn't give me a chance. Um, because he didn't tell me that, exactly. that there were problems. Problems or that he was working. Yeah. And, you know, this is a whole kind of other thing, but that's part, that's one of the things that, uh, I'm not going to say everyone or just men, but I'm speaking specifically of my experience in men that they start detaching. But while they're there with you, while you're cooking their meals, while they're sleeping cozy in your bed, but they're detaching. So they don't tell you so that you can, okay, let's work on this. What can we do? What can I do? How can we fix this? And by the time mm-hmm. they tell you, they've already, they've already detached. You, there's really no hope. Yeah. You, there's That's nothing exactly that you can do at that point. Happened. That's exactly what happened. And, yeah. and that again is all on him. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. So tell me, um, Patty, what would you tell uh, another woman that is right now in the beginning of where you were? What kind of advice would you give that woman that's listening now and saying, oh my God, that sounds like me. And she can't envision being where you are right now. What would you, what advice, what would you say to this person? Remind yourself that you are enough. It's all on him. One day at a time. One hour at a time. One step at a time. The tears will come. And you will be convinced that they won't stop. (laughs) Um, And you'll think, oh, hell. You know, I mean, even now. I thought I was all cried out. But here they come again. Um. One step at a time, one minute, one day, one week, it will get better. I kept a journal and I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, how, I I don't know how to keep a journal. What do you do with a journal? She could just, just open up and write down anything, write down a word. How do you feel? And I did, I got a journal and I, I filled it and I, I would write every night what happened during the day. Um, how things that people, my birthday happened not too long after all of this happened. And the people who wrote on my Facebook wall, you know, wishing me happy birthday. And some of the things they wrote, I transcribed them into the journal because it was a good reminder that one of them said, like, you're, you're stronger than you think. 
and loved more than you know. Um, and I needed those reminders. I, I sought out Bible verses that would give me strength and I'm religious, but I I don't feel like I'm overly religious, but it did give me strength. I eventually started writing at the end when I would enter in the journal, I said three things that I'm thankful for today, you know, and it always my friends who would listen, my friends who were there for me. Um, and that helped me be positive, which was just, and, and eventually I, it, my entries would become less and less. And I read at a, on a, a site on Facebook, a page on Facebook, and it said, eventually it became irrelevant. My, the whole situation, I, you know, I did write in the journal the other night because I felt like it's been a long time, right. but I didn't for a, for a while because just having the feeling like I needed to, it was irrelevant. I'm like, that's. Right. It the has past, become, you've kind it, of, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm you don't need that. to dwell in it. You're not, you're not dwelling. Yeah. So you don't need to. Well, and any woman going through it will dwell in it for a while Absolutely. and it feels like the abyss, but it does, it does get better. Right. Right. And so the journal thing, uh, you know, my podcast started as me reading my journal entries because the day that I separated, is I started a journal because I had so much thoughts and emotions and feelings and I wanted to put them somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I kept the journal and I kept that for a long time. And this is what I, how my podcast started was reading those and, and analyzing how I feel now about where I was then and, you know, how I felt and understanding obviously where I was coming from, but having so much perspective now. So I thought it was an interesting thing. Um, and like you said, the tears, when I read some of those journal entries, and honestly, my my divorce was years ago. I read some of that, and I I, I can feel it, and and it's still like a therapy because I will start yeah. crying. And I'm like, where is that coming from? And it's not about him. It's just about this is something that marks your soul, and you will. It's not ever ever. It go is. Away. It is a scar on your yes. being that yeah. it, it has changed me. It has made me a very different person. And that's okay. I'm a better person. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I would rather not have had to be this person. Of course. In that way. This way. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't be this person had I not gone through that way. The other thing I will say um, is that you had such a great support system and that it's important for women to accept the support. It's important not to feel Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be a burden. I don't want people want to help you. People need to help you. I know that my friends also were so great and that there was a time when all I could talk about was this. He left me. How could he do that? And how I felt and all this kind of stuff. And thank God that I had that support that was willing to listen and not Mm -hmm. judge me, support me. And it sounds like you had that, too. And it's so important to allow that because it does help the healing. Yeah, I I don't like to be vulnerable in front of people, but but my closest friends saw me at my worst. They held me, right, and let me cry, right. And I I, I still get choked up about it because I could not have gotten through this without them. Yeah, yeah. they're beautiful beings, and it's a and yeah. and it, you're blessed. And you say it's overused, but it's not. You're blessed to have. Friends like that. Those yeah, friends like I that know. are a true blessing. 
And I remind them, (laughs) I still remind (laughs) them. I tell them because I could not have gotten through this. I mean, every time we mark something, you know, like when it was the anniversary of the day that I found out, I, you know, several of them would text me and say, how you doing? And I said, you know, guys, I could not have gotten through this without you. Thank you so much. Um, I remind them that it, it, they, they've been a lifeline for me. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that's great. And Patty, I want to thank you so much for being willing to come on and to share your story and be vulnerable with us and help other women that will hear this and it will give them some hope. Mm. So thank you so much. There is always hope. It is the depths of despair. There are not enough big, bad words to describe the pain that you feel, but it will get better. I agree. And thank you so much, Patty. I really appreciate you being here. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And a special thanks to Patty for sharing with us. If you'd like to have your own chapter checkup session, please feel free to email me at heavypagespodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to download your free copy of the chapter checklist that you can find at heavypagespodcast.com. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And remember that sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.